Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. William Carey University Athletics. Every sport you find exciting. Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. Come on. And now. This is Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. We're covering everything William Carey University Athletics. From the field to the court and the diamond on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Welcome into our October 16th, 2023 episode of Crusader Talk. I'm Caleb Hamill, joined by Josh West and Will Tony. It's Crusader Talk where we talk all things William Carey Athletics. And Josh, man, it just it feels like we're back in the summer months. There's just you know, we're just digging so hard to find content right now. I don't know <laughs> what we're gonna do to fill an hour worth of show today. And yeah, the, but I believe in you. I believe in you. And then the weather, I mean, it just we're just burning up outside. <laughs> Well, that too. It's an opposite day, y'all. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how we're going to fit all this in today. Uh, Headline after headline that we'll get to today, but I think the biggest one that was kind of the shock value headline over this past week was the fact that William Carey is uh, now without DJ Pulley as athletic director. Uh, He resigned of his position. This is something that we, as insiders, kind of knew was coming, but we're waiting for the official word to be dropped. Uh, But... This is a situation now where, you know, we look back and reflect on what a great career DJ has had at William Carey. Uh, started back in the uh, soccer, or excuse me, golf program at William Carey. Uh, came on board to uh, an assistant coach's role and the coach's role, and eventually became athletic director, succeeding Coach Steve Knight in that role. Big shoes to fill in that regard. And boy, you talk about a group of athletic programs that have had success since he took the helm uh, he leaves behind quite a legacy in his short time here at William Carey very much so no he did and the numbers bear that out from as you mentioned the championships in the league what's impressive to me is what William Carey means on the national scale and I and I, I you know there's there are two universities here in Hattiesburg, and you look at what these universities mean on the national scale, they're taken for granted. And William Carey yeah. is really taken for granted here no in the question. Pine Belt. You take that name around the NAIA, nothing but respect, nothing but class from the coaches, the players, the facilities, the records, the wins, the championships. And, that all, and, and as you mentioned it, that starts at the top. And so the, the challenge is to find somebody with that same energy and vision. However, it should be a very long and expansive list of and very impressive candidates because of the trajectory that William Carey's on right now. No question. And I think as an interim, you've got Tracy English coming in, who is more than capable of doing the job in conjunction with his basketball coaching duties. Uh, and and so right now we're we're, we're in good hands, uh, but definitely we we, we want to see who the next athletic director is going to be. And just to clear the air about DJ and his departure, this is nothing where he was forced out. There's nothing uh, that really was going on behind the scenes that is you know a tabloid worthy storyline. Uh, this is more about uh, DJ and looking out for his family. Uh, this was a stage in his life that he you know, went full out for being the athletic director at William Carey uh, and decided this was a time that he had to 
take a step back from the busyness that is this athletic director's position. Because, guys, I don't know if you've ever seen DJ on a, a weekend where, say, Kerry was hosting an opening round for baseball or anything else that involves several contests back-to-back. He's a guy that's out there helping line the field. Mm-hmm. He's helping get the concessions in order, the ticket sales done properly. He is always you know, the number one reached-out-to man on campus when it comes to events like that. And with that, he's uh, – back closer to home where his family is uh, out of this position and we're happy for him. I, I think that's the bottom line that we have to say is though it's our loss to see him you know, step down, it's you know for a good cause and we're happy for him. Oh, certainly the case and I was so glad to hear you talking about even to taking the tickets to uh, lining the fields. I'm sure he's unclogged a toilet or two in his life as well. There's no job that was beneath him. And uh, anytime you're at a smaller school in terms of just the whole scope of, of the you know intercollegiate athletic scene, you do just have to wear a lot of hats. That's just matter of fact about that position. And he was one that was so engaged so in part of it, um, but then to be able to do all the small things and then still be able to do those big things at a high level, um, that that's what's really, really impressive, uh, just as you said, uh, and we talked about the list of accomplishments. Yeah, and thinking about some of these, this came from the write-up that William Carey released uh, back on Thursday, but uh, during his time as AD, the Crusaders won their first NAIA championship in 15 years when the women's soccer team captured the title in 2018. Uh, in 2020, Kerry added another championship to the trophy case with men's indoor track and field and the individual title later with Lena May winning the NAIA Individual National Championship uh, in 2022. Several other things. Men's basketball team going to the Fab Four, the NAIA's version of the Final Four. Baseball going to two World Series in his time at Kerry as AD. Uh, all kinds of top ten finishes in the Learfield Director's Cup. He was also named the SSAC's Athletic Director of the Year in 17, 18, and 21. All kinds of accolades. And, guys, in just looking forward at what the search is going to bring for William Carey, we've touched on it a little bit. I think the number one thing that is on the minds of everyone right now is the fact that DJ's left on a high with where William Carey Athletics is. No question. And so the goal for the next athletic director is to continue this momentum, continue the success that William Carey athletic programs are having right now. And some may say, oh, you just pick right up where you left off, but it's not always an easy task. Here's my thing, and and this is just among the three of us, obviously people are listening, but in in our business – accessibility is a huge deal for us for athletic directors he is the most he is the most accessible athletic director i've ever dealt with in this business and is not afraid to tell you like it is and he's done a great job in that regard as far as media relations goes because i mean he was the sid for a while and so you know he, he knows what that means um and you know just a really good man Oh, and, you know, I'm thinking about that and, you know, to be able to find the character that goes into that chair. Um, there, there's so many challenges that, that face you today in terms of marketing, uh, in terms of NIL, in terms of all the different things that you have to, to navigate in the way of athletics. Um, William Carey is in prime position, though. Uh, so whoever it is that comes in, um, it's going to be big shoes to fill. 
And so depending on what they see that the most pressing needs are, they'll, they'll probably bring in somebody with the skill set that they're looking for to address those needs. Then it's going to be up to everybody else to rally around because you can't assume that you're going to be able to fill it with another DJ. There's only one DJ. And so to, to assume that you're going to be able to fill it with somebody else that fits everything, I don't know if you'll find that. I mean, he's, he's special. Yeah. Lining the field, taking the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you couldn't fault another AD that didn't do all of that. DJ, that was just more about who he was. Exactly. On the inside. Uh, it wouldn't have been a knock if he hadn't done those things. It was just a credit to him that he did do those things. So um, it'll be up to everybody to step up and say, hey, what's a little role that I can fill that DJ did? And so, and, and part of that is some of the things that we're doing in promoting this athletic program. Right. Uh, and 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 we we're honored to do it. So, in thinking about those qualities, so one continuing the success, finding somebody with that servant leadership uh, mentality as he or she serves in this role. I think another thing that can't go unnoticed, and we'll make no bones about it. More than likely, whoever becomes the next AD permanently of William Carey is going to have to make two giant hires in the next decade i would just estimate it at that and i'm not trying to force anybody out but more than likely uh, coach hallford and coach knight are going to retire sooner rather than later and there's going to have to be new coaches in those positions you have to ask the question do you hire within do you go on a, a large coaching search either way you're going to have to make a hire in two of your biggest men's programs at the university mm-hmm. in however many years again we don't know how long uh, Coach Knight and Coach Hallford are going to continue to coach. As long um, as they want to. Exactly, yeah. as long as they want to. <laughs> but it, realistically, you feel like that's probably going to be a duty for the next athletic director if they stick around for long enough. Yeah. So keep that in mind for – you know. and I know Dr. Burnett and his crew are going to have a, a big coaching sur- – or I say coaching search, used to that term, athletic director search party – uh, they'll have a whole list of qualities they're looking beyond what we have. We're just a bunch of commentators sitting around microphones talking about this. He has a lot more on his plate thinking about the longevity of the university as a whole, as well as the athletic program and how it all feeds into the greater vision of what William Carey can be. So that's the big headline from last week in uh, DJ Pulley stepping down as athletic director. We wish him all the best. He released a a post on Facebook the other day, and don't have time to read the whole thing, but he wraps it up uh, with this after acknowledging several different coaches and administrators at William Carey. He wraps it up, and I think this sums it up perfectly. To the William Carey administration, faculty, and staff, Dr. Burnett and Dr. King, thank you so much for supporting what we do in athletics. The coaches, student-athletes, and I appreciate everything you've done for us all. And to my wife, Amy, and my kids, Cooper and Caroline, Thank you so much for supporting me over the years. Y'all have sacrificed so much to me to chase this dream. I love each of you with all my heart and can't wait to make more or many more memories. God bless DJ Pulley. Great way to sum up an athletic director's career, William Carey, and we wish you all the success, buddy. I know you're listening out there. Well, everybody, that's one headline in the books. Another one we have to talk about sooner rather than later is William Carey Women's Soccer winning the SSAC regular season championship. We'll talk with Clayton Rush about that in the third segment. But up next, it's Coach Barry Farrell of the men's team. Lots to talk about from this past week's action. More to come as we continue on Crusader Talk. From the coaches to the student athletes and the fans that cheer them on. You're listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. 
We continue more on Crusader Talk here on this Monday evening. Glad you're with us. Either on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3. Also available live on supertalkhattiesburg.com or on demand in podcast form wherever you get podcasts. If you're used to catching us on the podcast and want to be the first one to hear it live, well, we record and broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. right here in Hattiesburg. So to continue the conversation on things that have happened in the past week, one thing that cannot go unnoticed is the soccer programs that had a, a busy week with games against Life and Dalton State. And a lot was at stake in these matches as William Carey uh, in the men's program prior to last week had already locked up a first round of the SSAC tournament hosting spot. The women locked it up with their win against Life University and in turn locked up the number one seed in regular season conference championship with the win over Dalton State. Meanwhile, for the men, it came or comes down to you know, what are the last two games of the regular season. And we've been talking about this for several weeks of how Dalton State and Mobile being the final matches of the regular season would be tough tasks and would really tell you what the outcome of the season would be leading up into postseason play. And we're joined now by Coach Barry Farrell. And Coach, we'll, we'll kind of ease into the, the conversation as we have a, a good segment here. But, you know, as your team gets the win over Life University, it kind of sets you up for that big game against Dalton State. How did your Crusaders fare in that first match on Thursday? Yeah, Thursday was, was a good game for us. Uh, Life University – have kind of faltered a little bit towards the end of the season, and uh, our guys ended up getting a 2-0 victory on Thursday at home, which which was which was a good result for us. And so, you, you know, we could we could dig more into that contest, but yeah. I, I think the thing on everybody's mind that was either watching it in person or heard about it after the fact was the match against Dalton State. And uh, I'll kind of let. Josh tee it up right here because he was there on the call for it, but that was a competitive match in and out, and a lot of things uh, just did not seem to go William Carey's way in that one. So, Josh, what do you think? Well, uh, and Coach Farrell will bring you in on this. Uh, you know, we all left that match. Uh, and we felt like we had played in a match to some degree because it was so emotional, the energy, the suspense, the drama that was in that match. And then when you look and see that it was a match that had eight yellows and then a couple of red cards, the two disqualifications, you're playing, hanging on for dear life down to the final uh, into the 87th minute. Uh, 88th minute actually in a tie game and then a free kick is what ends up being the decider down two men uh had it been a while since you've been in one quite like that i've never been josh i've never been in in, in a game like that before um disappointed in the result but uh, you know i was super proud of 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 our guys um the way they played at the end and and like you said two players down against the number two team in the nation and and Quite comfortable, you know. And in the end, it took a, a, a truly quality free kick to to get the win for Dalton State. Um, but I was really, you know, I was I was proud of the performance. I thought we played really well up until uh, until those cautions. Um, win, lose, or draw in that game, it was always going to come down to the to the, the Mobile game as well. You know, this Saturday, um, they got a result against Life, so. It's kind of it's kind of uh, come down to the wire again in the last game of the season, which which has kind of been a, a normality the last couple of seasons. 
Uh, but coach, you know, we talked before the match and, you know, we were able to sh- share some of those, you know, sentiments that this is a season right now, a team right now that has put a lot of minutes on the legs of the top players, key injuries at certain spots. Now you're going to go in minus a couple of guys in terms of a couple of more starters down into this match. But you mentioned the, how proud you were of this team. This was a gut check type of an effort, but also a little bit of a wake up call for this team. You know, so there were a lot of things that, a lot of purposes that were served in that game. Certainly an attention getter, but this team's going to have to dig deep again against Mobile. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dig deep. Um, like you said, we've you know we really haven't complained about the injuries or, or you know um, all season. We've just kind of got on with it and, and grinded out results. Um, the guys that will play Saturday, you know, they'll they'll be ready. We'll be ready for sure. Um, it has been difficult, you know. It has been difficult the last couple of season, or last couple of games with players playing so many minutes. And, and um, probably in previous seasons, I would have taken off one or two players on cautions like that in in, in a such a high game. Um, but even looking back on the game in the video. I thought our game plan was 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 really good. The boys executed, um, and up until those cautions, I thought we were, I thought we were a better team. And uh, yeah, so I was I was I was really proud of the guys, even though on another level we we, we lost the game. But it wasn't wasn't because that you know we we uh, we were we didn't get the result in terms of um, the game plan or anything. It was just those cautions definitely affected the game and the outcome. And coach, for the fans that were there on Saturday, I think there's oftentimes some confusion as to what leads to some of calls like that, especially for the, the second cautions. Uh, yeah. What were kind of the explanations that you received or maybe just assumptions that you drew from what you saw as to why they deserve to be sent off in that match? Yeah, it was, you know, Leon Dawes got two yellow cards, you know, and, and, and you know, if you're not familiar with soccer, you know, we try and compare it to basketball all the time. Two fouls, um, or you know, a couple of fouls in basketball, you get ejected, but you get a, another player comes in, and you're still five v five in soccer. It's you know, two fouls, and you get two yellow cards. You're playing a man down. Um, you don't have the luxury of bringing on another player. So the second, I was kind of disappointed on the second one with Villarreal, um, and talking to the referee assigner as well. He agreed with me. You know, there's there's actually nothing he can do. It's like completely harsh yellow card on the the second one. It was actually a foul on Villarreal. Um, so that you know the referee was completely wrong on that. But you can't get rescinded on two yellows. It's only a red, a straight red. So there's nothing really we can do on that, and we just have to move on. And so looking ahead to what you have against Mobile, we talked about the injuries, and now you're down you know, two guys in Dawes and Villarreal. It, what does this week look like leading up to the match with practice yeah. and trying to keep these guys healthy to prevent anything else from happening before Saturday? Yeah, the guys had Sunday, so they had Sunday off. Uh, Monday, we gave them an extra day recovery. You know, tomorrow we'll do a recovery sec- session in, in traction, and then we'll have three days to kind of prep for a mobile in terms of how we set up, how we prepare. And like you said, it's a, it's a pretty much a winner take all. You know. We beat Mobile at home. We win the regular season, um, and they beat us. They win the regular season, so it's a it's a final basically. 
Coach Farrell, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, just the, this team and the no complaining attitude. I, I can't help but think, though, there was a little bit of added motivation for Dalton State, backs against the wall mentality. Well, you get the luxury now of being able to push the guys a little bit more this week in practice. They've gotten some extra rest. They're going to be super sharp and focused. I think this team comes out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, a little bit of edge, something to prove on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. Um the guy, the guys will be fine, you know. It'll, it'll. These are the games, um, Josh. You want to be playing. These are the games that the guys want to play. The Dalton States, the, the the Mobiles, you know, going back to the William Penns, all top ten teams in the in the NAI on men on the men's side. These these are the games that you you're going to see at the national championship final site. There's nothing different. There's no other team coming in. These are the these are the top teams, and if you want to win championships, and this is a this is kind of part one of three, you know, in the regular season, then you got the conference tournament, then the national championship. These are the games. These are the environments you, you're going to see. So it's it's we got to learn from it um, if we want to move on and, and actually win these championships. Speaking of environments, Coach, and we haven't really mentioned this very much, as your team has been ranked as high as six in the country so far this year, uh, one thing that kind of is at stake in the back of people's minds is the opportunity to be an opening round host. Uh-huh. And you know, with the kind of shakeup that's going on right now, Mobile probably about to jump both William Carey and Dalton State or be right there in that mix with the next poll that comes out. Uh, how does all this play out with William Carey's hosting chances? Yeah, we've we've we Josh, we've got a really good chance of hosting. Um, the actual conference rankings came out today, and 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 Dalton are still number one in the conference. Kerry are still number two in the conference, and even with Mobile beating Life and 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 um, and Dalton State, they're still number three. It goes over kind of the the whole body of work of the of the season. So I, I don't see William Kerry dropping much. Dalton State might drop one. Kerry might drop one. Mobile will definitely they'll move up two, two or three spots. Kind of the goal in the conference and you know the coaches we are a good group of coaches within the, the conference is to try and get all three teams hosting. Um, it's a little bit different this year. The top 16 actually host. Um, okay. four, yeah. So it's a little bit different. You want to be in the top eight because you will you will host and you'll play in the final at home, and there'll be two teams ranked from 25 to 40 that will play on a Thursday night, and you'll play the winner. But if you're ranked 9 through 16, you will play at home, but it's like two semifinals, and then the, the winner plays on on, uh, on the weekend. But they're higher, higher-seeded teams. So the goal is to, to try and be a top-eight seed. Well, you definitely have a chance with that, Coach, and we appreciate yep. that insight. That's kind of news to us up here yeah. for uh, the change from years to years. Well, yeah, Coach yeah. Farrell, thanks so much for joining us here on Crusader Talk. We're out of time for this segment, but we look forward to seeing you this weekend as William Carey hosts Mobile. We'll see you then. Thanks, Caleb. Josh, Will, appreciate it. All right, thanks. All right, on the other side of the timeout, Clayton Rush joins us to talk more men's and women's soccer. Stay tuned. You're listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. We appreciate Coach Barry Farrell joining us earlier on Crusader Talk. Don't forget if you missed that interview, you can catch it on demand wherever you get your podcast from, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the whole gambit. Just search for Crusader Talk, and you will find that interview shortly after our program is complete this evening. 
Joined now by Clayton Rush, along with myself, Caleb Hamill, and Josh West. And Clayton, you just heard the interview from Coach Farrell kind of breaking down not just the rest of the regular season and a little bit of the horizon of postseason play, but I, I really want to kind of dedicate this segment to a little bit of recapping his interview talking about Dalton State. We also need to jump into the women's team because yeah, they've reached a milestone en route to many more milestones they hope to reach. But we'll get to that uh, as this is a longer third segment that we have here. But, yeah, Clayton, you're on the call with Josh on that Saturday match between William Carey and Dalton State. And I'm going to let you kind of be our Bobby Bear on the program to talk about uh, what your thoughts were about some of those calls the you Cajun saw. Cannon, huh? Oh, yeah. You're from Louisiana. It's in your blood, man. You know, the first thing I'll say is I probably should have gotten my heart checked today. I probably should have gone and seen a cardiologist. But I didn't. I went to work. I, I made it through the weekend. But, uh, man, I mean, what a game. You, you can't talk enough about carries just resilience their grit their toughness to get through a tough game like that you know that's a game that and we were talking about it before the game started that you you know Dalton State's a quality side and and you can make no mistake about that so you always knew that Kerry had a chance to maybe not get the result you you didn't expect it to happen the way it did though with the two you know the two red cards with the two cautions from Villarreal and Dawes and I've got to say, I mean, I've gone back and watched them, and they're just they're just so they're so close. It's so hard to tell really, absolutely what happened. It's it, there. There's some of those calls that could really go either way, and and they just didn't go Carrie's way in those moments. And something I wanted to play off of that, there were a lot of things that weren't seen, therefore yeah. not called. Yeah. Uh, Dalton State is a big, physical, talented. Uh, high expectations team. This is a team that has been on everybody's radar all year. And we looked at their record, and you looked at the one loss, uh, three draws. You're going, well, this this must be a team that on paper is a paper giant. And then they get off the bus, and they come out to warm up 6-2, 6-2, 6-2, 6-4, This is an impressive team. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and you, know, you saw them in warm-ups. They were sharp. Both teams were super sharp in warm-ups. Both teams were ready to go. You could tell both teams were very prepared for this one. And, and, and again, to, you know, to Kerry's credit, you know, getting the opening goal and, and the way that Jamie was able to score with the press, with Dawes, with Jamie, uh, and, and with McConnell, um, they played it to perfection. And you could see bits of brilliance that from that goal on forward, but Dalton State just kept hanging around, kept hanging around. Stainrod gets the goal, and then it's game on. And this is a thing that I don't think a lot of people realize about Dalton State. Their physicality and their game play style have caused other teams than William Carey to have a similar response. Like just looking at William Carey's average over the year, or yeah, over the season. Averaging just two yellow cards per contest on average. They came in with a total of 35 through 15 matches. And you look at Dalton State's match, and William Carey collects five in that one, including two that resulted in send-offs. And looking at Dalton State's two previous matches uh, against Mobile and UT Southern, against Mobile, a grand total in the match between the two teams of eight yellow cards issued. Nobody sent off in that one. But then, even in the UT Southern game just prior, you have 11 between the two. 
I mean, this is a team that brings out the worst in its opponents when it comes to aggression. Yeah, and, and you have no choice but to match that physicality, right? Or it's going to overtake you. It, it's you know they're going to impose their physical will if you give them the opportunity to. And so Kerry had to respond in that way. Again, just you, I can't say it enough. I don't want to sound like a beaten record, but it was just so unfortunate that the calls happened the way that they did when they did. You know, I'm still trying to figure out. I described Villarreal flying through the air as Spider-Man flying through towards the bleachers opposite side of the pitch right down the center line, drew a huge reaction from the crowd. And then, of course, a few minutes later, we know Villarreal picks up his second caution and now Kerry going from one man down to two men down. And that literally at the end, Kerry was able to, on pure guts, earn two free kicks. And, and, we're, and, and so whoever would get the ball off that deflection, off that ricochet, it would be three-on-one. Three-on-one. Can you imagine a similar situation in basketball where it's five-on-three and it's three-on-one guarding the ball? It, 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 was, it was almost – I mean, it was heartbreaking yep. to see that play out and for Kerry to have hung on until the 88th minute. That, that uh, game-winning goal came with exactly 2.20 to go on that free kick. Yeah, and you, you can't say enough about the free kick. It was class. I mean, he, he placed it perfectly at – Great goal. It was. I, I got to see that one, and that, like you said, it, it was, it was well deserved. I mean, he placed it perfectly, yeah. top right corner. You can't hit it better than that. Has a lot of movement on the ball. Um, did Kakashka ever come out of goal to play offensively in those last two minutes? He did not. Um, did know, that surprise you at all? A little bit. A little bit. Maybe that's something they haven't worked on the training ground. I'd, I'd have to ask Coach Farrell honestly. Um, you, you know, you see it. You see it in bigger games. You see the keeper coming out. You know, when the game's on the line. You know, maybe it's still SSAC play, right? It's not national tournament time. I mean, it's the season's not over. But there was a little bit of, yeah, I, I was a little surprised there. Guys, any other thoughts about this? And you know, don't want to beat a dead horse on one match because we still have up ahead the Mobile contest, which, like Coach Farrell pointed out, is for the SSAC regular season. Yeah, I, I think. You know, you, you can take this weekend for, for what it's worth and, and, and what we all saw. Um, but, you know, Coach Farrell said it perfectly. The season's far from over. Uh, they're going to get another chance at Dalton State. I, I really believe they will. And, you know, if we take care of business on Saturday with Mobile, it, it's – look, Mobile's a national final runner-up from last year, right? I mean, I mean, this is a team that every team in the country has their eye on as well as Dalton State as well as Cary. Um, but you know, Carrie's got it in them to get the result on Saturday, and I and I know they will. Um, then you just keep looking forward, right? One game at a time, get through conference tournament, and you know, you look up and we're hosting. So, and to echo those thoughts, I, as I was leaving the park on uh, on Saturday, and and so the emotions had cooled. Coach Farrell's got the team gathered around. He said, "Guys, look, we've got we've got one game for the conference championship." Don't forget that. And then the guys just broke out into applause. They are one win away. So, And they figured when the schedule came out, they figured what that game would be. They are right where they were supposed to be. And, again, not as, as you said at the very top, not that the result was the way the result was. It was just kind of how the result came to be on Saturday is what was the, the heartbreaking thing about it. But they're right where they're supposed to be at this point in the season. Guys, we talked about it for the last few weeks, just looking ahead to how the end of the regular season was going to come down to Dalton State and Mobile. 
And we said, Josh, that it could likely come down to Mobile and William Carey in that match for who gets the SSAC title, and we got just what we predicted uh, coming up this Saturday. So that match will be at William Carey at 4 p.m. Women will precede the match at 1.30, and that'll serve as a good segue for us now to talk about the women's program. Now SSAC regular season champs, they lock up the number one seed in the conference tournament. They will host a match on November 2nd. We do have the schedule, by the way, so mark your calendars for this. Uh, and it applies to the men, too. We just don't know the seating yet for the men. But on November 2nd, that's a Thursday, William Carey men and women will be hosting the first round of the SSAC tournament for their games. Each team in the top four of each side, men and women, will host the first round game. But the women will host at 1.30 in the afternoon. The men will follow at 4 standard schedule like that only problem is it's during the work day so take your half day or take the really long lunch break or claim that you're working from home that day whatever it takes get out there to danny owens field for that match is that'll be the last naia regular season match on the schedule for william carey before they're likely a host team uh at this point the women are a lock for hosting make no bones about it at this point you have Mobile left on the schedule, and then whatever happens in the conference tournament, you're number one ranked right now. There's nothing knocking you out of the top 16 from hosting there. The men have a little bit that could happen that could possibly knock them out, but I have a feeling that they'll still be in the top 16 when all is said and done. So you have a lot more home soccer to look forward to. But in the meantime, uh, next up on the schedule for both programs is Mobile on Saturday of this week. And then Thursday, November 2nd of the following week, actually two weeks from then, I should say, at 1.30 and 4 p.m. So to look at this women's soccer program, Clayton, and Josh for that matter, it, it was kind of more about Thursday's match than it was Saturday's as far as what did the outlook of the season look like. Because Life was the second place team in the SSAC coming into it, and the final score was 3-2. to two. But it was a case where Life scored a goal in the last minute or two uh, to make it look a little closer than it was. Carey was able to roll out the clock to end it. But a couple fireworks left and right there in that match as well. Yeah, well, there was. it made my, my partner Clayton here look like the sage. He hates the two-goal lead. And so once they made it 3-2, to two, I got the look again from Clayton, uh, and then they were able to hold on there for the last couple of minutes. But uh, that was a life team, Clayton, that was very, very capable um, and really played with a lot of energy. And I think that late goal gives them confidence going into the tournament. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. It, 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 you know, it gives life that little bit of hope that, you know, hey, if some things had gone our way earlier in the game, that hey, carries a team that we can hang with, right? And, and so, again, you saw. Maybe just that little bit of chink in the armor, right? That little bit of, you know, hey, Carrie's not invincible. And, and it's not one player. It's not a tactic. It's not a style of play. It was really just simply not staying switched on for a full 90 minutes, right? Just that little lapse of judgment. And, and, and it caused the mistake that led, led to the goal. Well, we've kind of used it as a strong suit when describing Carrie that it's different players in any given match that are going to step up and make those big plays. But my thing is just food for thought. What happens when a team runs into William Carey with everybody clicking on all cylinders? When you've got Azarias, Salmon, Jimenez, Torres, Valau, Arnaud, uh, Erbst, everybody clicking. 
that's when you see those double-digit type performances. Yeah, it's a scary thought, and, and we haven't seen that level yet from Kerry. I think you're going to see it when you get into the SSAC tournament and the national tournament. That's when every player is going to be on their best. So a lot still to come in soccer season here at William Carey. We'll continue those conversations throughout the next upcoming weeks. Also have basketball coming up starting their season next week as well. We'll have to possibly talk to Coach English, uh, both for talking women's basketball and in his new interim AD role. But we'll continue the conversation next and wrap up with a calendar and Seder of the Week next on Crusader Talk. You're tuned in to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Our thanks to Clayton Rush for joining us in the last segment, talking about the men and women's soccer teams and breaking down that tough loss for the men's team on Saturday against Dalton State and also ending things on an up about the women's side of things, getting the SSAC regular season championship. As we... Have one final segment here on Crusader Talk as this show has just flown by, Josh. Well, and look, you mentioned finishing it on a up, and that and that's true. Uh, Coach Farrell, he doesn't get too high on the wins. He did not get low at all after the loss. It was immediately on, turn the page. As I, as I mentioned, I could overhear the comments, guys. One game for a conference championship, and the guys broke out into roars and applause. This has been the goal all season long. You heard a very confident, as a former player, as our color analyst, somebody who is very invested in the program, Clayton Rush, saying, look, they're going to go get that result on Saturday. That's the confidence of, of every guy in that locker room, the confidence of every one of those coaches. Um, this is going to be a team that is going to have guys step up. Who will that be? But I also think that there are going to be guys that are really, really special, guys like Jordy Jukovic, guys like Jamie Wynn, guys like Elias Salmanen, uh, that are not going to let this team lose on Saturday. I just cannot imagine that scenario. So in looking ahead, Josh, at the calendar we have in front of us, uh, the volleyball team coming off of two losses uh, to teams in Georgia over this past week. Uh, back at home for two matches against Mobile, big rivalry right there on Thursday at 6 o'clock. And then on Friday, the cross-country teams will be participating in the NAIA Appalachian Challenge over there in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, Meanwhile, the men's golf team the next day on Saturday will be at the Bojangles Invite. I hope they have biscuits out there for them. They have to have biscuits out there. That's got to be pre-match meal off the first tee. And by the way, we had the women's championship at the Firehawk, and the men went up to Southwind and won. So we've already got a men's and a women's tournament championship for those two teams. That's huge right out of the gates getting off on a good note. We'll take that. Absolutely. Also on Saturday, a lot of stuff going on on campus. Stillman College for volleyball will be at the Ben Waddle Sports Facility. Uh, That match will happen at 1 in the afternoon. Then across campus at Danny Owens Field, it'll be the women's soccer program taking on Mobile at 1.30. And then the men's team to follow in that winner takes the regular season conference championship at 4. So you're flying solo with volleyball. Clayton's flying solo in the ladies' game. And then you guys team up for the 
big men's conference championship. That's going to be a fun, fun Saturday. Yeah, we were uh, Kevin, sports information director, and I were talking earlier today about you know depending on how fast that volleyball match goes, maybe I could join Clayton's second half because I I don't want to miss that. If I don't jump on it on the mic, I'm going to at least be there as a spectator. Well, yeah, certainly. And you look at Stillman has struggled so mightily. They are still, I believe, they have not won a match this entire year. And Kerry has been playing much better as of late, in particular better at home. And so I would expect William Kerry to go out and handle business and handle it pretty quickly. Um, they'll be a favorite, a favorite to win that in straight sets. By the way, uh, looking back at what we were talking about with the SSAC standings with uh, who will match up against William Carey in the tournament soccer-wise, right now as it stands in the women's standings with William Carey number one, the number eight seed is Middle Georgia State with a one and six and two conference record. Uh, two and ten and three overall. Uh, other teams they could possibly face: Blue Mountain Christian and Bruton Parker are the other two they could possibly face uh, there in the bottom part of the conference. They outscored those three teams by a combined total of twenty-eight to one. All right, then. <laughs> so, if you like offense, November second, <laughs> one thirty p.m. Uh, then on the men's side, right now the uh, obviously. William Carey, uh, along with Mobile and Dalton State, they're they're near the top, uh, but they'll have towards the bottom of the conference standings right now. Kind of have your pick between Blue Mountain Christian, Life, Faulkner, Point University. All of those are possibilities for William Carey if they have a top three finish, and that's what we expect uh, from there. So all teams that William Carey has had good showings against so far in 2023. Our countdowns. Men's basketball only 12 days away, along with women's basketball as well. Men will start off on the road at Southern University in New Orleans. Women will face Texas A&M, Texarkana at home at Clinton Gym. Meanwhile, baseball is 109 days away before they Jeez. begin their season. It's crazy to believe that they're about to start <laughs> already. Uh, we'll have a round-robin style start of the season against Campbellsville and Missouri Baptist at home at Milton Wheeler. Softball, 114 days away from beginning against Southeastern Baptist College in Laurel. Beach volleyball, 121 days away from their season beginning. Josh, we got the the baseball schedule finally in. A lot of good matchups. They'll face Mississippi College. They'll also have West Alabama in town. I think they'll also uh, trade home and homes with them as well. And then uh, the conference slate, it's a pretty good one, too. A lot of good baseball upcoming in February. Man, that's just around the corner, too. Our thanks again to uh, Coach Barry Farrell for joining us earlier, as well as Clayton Rush. Our Crusader of the Week, going to give it to Christina Salmon, uh, or Salmon, I forget for a second there, but she has two goals uh, from this previous week's contests. Two in one match. Yes, two in, two that in match. one match. So there is our Crusader of the Week, Christina Salmon. Well, that's going to do it for us, everybody. Long hour in the books with a whole lot of content. If you missed it on the radio side again it's on demand ready for you wherever you get your podcast for our entire group today coach farrell clayton rush that joined us for josh west and will tony i'm caleb hamill until next time good night god bless and go satyrs Mississippi Media Production.